Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Heavy Handed Edition. I'm your host, Heavy Handed Jay. I watched Kobe run, bro. Like this motherfucker would hit 13 threes and a... This motherfucker Kobe is Steph Curry. This motherfucker is... Is... Uh, is Uga Duplo. I'm, I'm talking about with the ball head and the bob. Mm-hmm. That's a bad motherfucker, man. This, you talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, gift stealing, woo, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. Back on the man, 100 grand, green neck in hand, it's your man, heavy handed Jack. Yeah. Do it again. Stay off the weed. Stay off the weed. And you can't stay off the weed. Told y'all. Told y'all. Y'all want some? Beat him down, beat you down. Who else wants some? Who else wants some of the ball? <laughs> you want my spot flash? Huh? Well, you ain't gonna get it. Because you ain't got it. Today we're gonna go over... Uh, how to solve the problem of you being heavy-handed? Uh, being heavy-handed is, is a big issue. Back on demand, y'all know how this thing go. Back on demand, one hundred grand, green eggs and ham, the debonair, shit talking extraordinary. Your man, heavy handed Jay, back in the bitch. I'm the man, bitch. I'm the man, bitch. I'm the man. Yeah, 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 man. We back in the building, man. It's the heavy handed edition on a pre Memorial Day celebration, hanging out Sunday. I'm hoping everyone has the day off tomorrow. Um, we're still enduring the pandemic. That said, I hope everyone's just doing just fine at home and really, um, you know, sticking to them workout routines, huh? And uh, keeping the meal plans together, keeping the family active, you know, keeping the kids off the YouTube and Netflix so much, as much as possible, man. Um Make sure you're praying about those kind of things and, uh, you know, just be mindful of all of what your kids get to see these days, man, and how much time they're spending on these laptops, computers, and these screens. But uh, nonetheless, checking in today, man, what I'm here for today is we're going to be recapping Michael Jordan's The Last Dance finale episodes, episodes 9 and 10. Recap those. As you know, those are that, that being the flu game, a few, few details about that. But I think the, the entire sports nation has been fascinated with Michael Jordan and this Last Dance documentary. We've all been just fascinated, man, and it's been a, a good behind-the-curtain look at, at, at who Michael Jordan was. I think this is the first time... Michael Jordan has let us <clears throat> have nearly this close of look at him. And those there are some people that that are saying that Michael Jordan's hold 
of the creative content of the documentary really just makes this something that Michael Jordan is allowing. Because, you know, Michael Jordan basically does okay what's being seen here. And, you know, like on the last episode of the Heavy Handed Edition, we really dug into, uh, you know, what, what, what really happened to Pops. And that's still a unsolved mystery as, as of today. I don't like that shit. For sure, bro. I don't like that shit. You know, what happened to, uh, old, uh, you know, Mr. Jordan there, old Mr. Jordan. He got caught slipping out there in North Carolina, something to do about a deputy, the local sheriff's son, some black man who's been imprisoned for the past 20 years, seems to possibly be unrightfully. So I didn't like none of the antics that was going on in, um, in some of the other earlier episodes. But, you know, there, there, there are some, some haters out there that do have some some discredit, some criticism towards The Last Dance. And one of them being Horace Grant. But before we dig into the Horace Grant uh, beef, and that's that's really what I want to dig into. You know, Horace Grant had a lot to say about old MJ. And I want to get to why, at least why I think old Horace is being so critical of MJ. And basically, you know, I mean, like, seemed to be and offered MJ, MJ to the fade, basically, like, uh, Horace really got serious. Free smoke, free smoke, hey. Real smoke for uh, MJ. So, we'll be getting to that a bit, but of course, we'll recap, you know, recap the documentary that was, that swept the sports nation by storm. Why we had no sports, almost, the, 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 the timing was eerily perfect. That Michael Jordan's The Last Dance just be ready and cooked up right there for us. Eerily perfect timing, if you ask me. But what do I know? Um, nonetheless, The Last Dance concluded episodes 9 and 10. Uh, episodes 9 and 10, pretty much um, Michael's flu game. And, and for lack of that you know, just in my estimation, more Scotty, more Scotty trashing, because I've seen a pattern. That's Scotty trashing. I don't trashing. like that shit for sure, bro. I don't like that shit. Look, man, I think we've seen a pattern here. What was it? We have three instances. Okay, we have an instance where they trashed Scotty for taking the surgery on during the season. Scotty, underpaid, was trashed for it in the documentary, asked me. Second one, the migraine. Mike's like, hey, man, you know, uh, he said he got a migraine. Uh, what the fuck, you know, what I'm supposed to say? Hell of a timing, Scotty. Um, third, here we go with the back spasms, game six. You know, if you ask me, oh, Mike, was drawing a pattern out here for Scotty, like when when times got rough. Oh, also, when um Scotty decided to sit out for the final shot um, that Cool Coach ended up making. So there's four instances where there's some emphasis put on, 
and a pattern to me drawn out, I think unjustifiably so, um, where Scotty kind of comes up short in crunch time. When the moment gets big, Scotty gets small. <laughs> and I, I don't like that shit, man. I do not like that shit. I don't like that shit. For sure, bro. I don't like that shit. But yeah, though, man, um, I think that was a pattern that was drawn out. So game six, you have Scotty with the with the with the back spasms. Now, there's always been a lot of smoke surrounding if if Michael was actually at the flu. Did you know the the one I've always subscribed to was is Michael hungover from a wild night and out partying in Utah apparently somewhere. And as I say that. I realize how foolish that kind of would be because where the hell is Mike going to be in in Utah? Um, or was it what was revealed? Uh, Mike was hungry, you know, and this, you know, it's kind of shoddy as I'm saying it. Mike was hungry. Him and all his boys were like, shit, how, we, what, in the, how in the world can we feed Michael? None of us knew he'd need to eat at some point. And a pizza was ordered, and five people showed up. And Michael just ate this whole pizza to himself. And that's why he was sick in the food game. Nonetheless, Michael saves the day. The slight push of Byron Russell ending hand up. Um, finalizing what we all thought at that point at least, ending the career, couldn't have been more picturesque, more picture-perfect to end a story, chronicled career, and a game-ending shot, taking home your sixth NBA title. And that was the gist of the, of, the, uh, of the final episodes. Michael the Magnificent, man. What more can I say? But, um, uh, before we get to some of the shenanigans, man, let me bring on the homie, the smoke guy. Now, I don't want no smoke with his motherfucking ass, but in our infamous group chat, my God, he's been smoky as of late. Let me bring him in, y'all. Free smoke, free smoke, hey. Free smoke, free smoke, hey. Free smoke, free smoke, hey. All the way from the Pacific Northwest, where I hear the corona tolls are dropping daily. Time, how's it going, my brother? What's going on, man? Everything good, man. What about you? Oh, man, I can't complain. I can't complain. I'm going to be real with you. Just beautiful day out here, probably about 75 degrees. Um, you know, about to go down to Mom's and Pop's house right after this and um, get a little barbecue in there, man. Oh, shit, man. I can dig it, man. You know, uh, Memorial Day weekend, you know what I'm saying? That's what that's what it's about, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, I... I, I got on to the line, you know, a little bit, a few minutes ago. I heard a little bit what you were talking about. Um, uh, yeah, man, I mean, um, last dance is over and done with. You know, uh, it was good. I mean, it was good to something to watch while this is going on. Uh, they moved it up because of that. You know what I mean? It was supposed to come out after the NBA Finals, but then they moved it up because people were requesting for it, and hey, they moved it up um, and got it done. I mean, what a lot of people don't know is episode 10 
wasn't even finished until like the week of it being released. They were still working on episode 10, you know, so they had to really, you know, crunch time to get that thing done. But um, overall, I would say, you know, it was, it was good. I mean, you know, I had mentioned it on the show, uh, not the last one, but I think the one before when, when uh, we talked about the first couple episodes where, um, you know, it's not really a documentary. They're going to call it a documentary, but, you know, Jordan and his people do have control. None of this footage would have ever been released without Jordan. So I would say in the first few episodes, it wasn't that noticeable. But then as it kept going, you could see how it was, you know, how Jordan had his fingerprints on a lot of the stuff. Uh, I agree with you on the Scottie Pippen part. You know, in the first couple episodes, it was, I would have never won none of these championships without Scotty. Um, and then he also mentioned, which bothered me at the time, because it's just not true. If you actually was watching basketball back then, when he said Scotty Pippen was the second best player in the league or whatever, like, no, he wasn't, you know, no disrespect to Scotty, but he wasn't at that time. There was a good number of guys better than Scotty in the nineties, you know, but, but, uh, but as far as, um, but then after that, it was just nothing but negative about Scotty. You know, the, having the surgery late, being selfish, have uh, the the you know sitting out the last play. Um, you notice how they showed him missing those two free throws against uh, Indiana <laughs> in Game Four. Yeah, and then, and, yeah, but then they didn't show how Scotty in the finals. Um, told Carl Malone, uh, if a mailman don't deliver on Sunday, and then Carl missed those free throws. It's like at least give him that, you know. They didn't show that part, which is one of the best trash talk lines you're ever gonna find, you know. And they didn't show that, but but then they, I I I see your point on the back problem, the back issue, but I don't I don't uh totally agree with you on it. I I agree with you 100% on the migraine. Where they asked him, he's like, oh, you said they had a migraine. You know, he said he had a migraine. Kind of, he said in a way like, even if I had a migraine, I would have still played and played well. You know, but 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 the back part, I thought that was more of, to me, Jordan is known for that game six and that shot. You know, so to me, if they didn't show the fact that Scotty got hurt in the first part of the game and that was essentially a decoy, I thought that would kind of be like. I think that's something that you. I think it all to me. I actually thought it made him look good because better because it looked how he fought through it. You know what I mean? I thought it made. But, I thought it made Scotty look good because Scotty was like, dude. Scotty was getting rebounds and like <laughs> and running. Down, he would give the ball up and run down the court looking like a straight mummy, stiff as hell. And I was you know? outside. I was outside at that time, like you saw. Him. I was watching that game back then, and Scotty was hurt. He was legitimately, and, I think, and um, I think they did put emphasis on that. And I'll, I'll, I'll digress some, but you know, Michael, you know, Michael didn't put a lot. I didn't feel that he he emphasized. You know, Scotty was was really hurt. It was like you know, you and and always the injuries that Scotty seemed to come up with were the ones that you couldn't like actually diagnose a migraine. Okay, he fucking got migraines. It's 
you know, a doctor can't really sort of pinpoint back spasm. Yeah, but the reason why I, 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 agree, I disagree is because remember they had the trainer on the last dance talking about it, how we had to take him inside, like he really had to fight through it. We had to take him for five minutes and then yeah. put ice on him and all that. That's why I kind of felt like in a way they were trying to make him look like the migraine was, this is when Scotty was weak mentally and look, look now, now he's strong mentally. You know what I mean? That's what I that's what I took from it. But the other part Scotty's just always so fucking like weak seeming. Why is he like such a pushover and they slapping him up and and I, I you know what man, that should be disrespectful the whole way through for Scotty, man. Like Charles Oakley slapped him up. It was a scene where Scotty was going one way, he just grabbed Scotty by the goddamn collar and said, No, you come in with me. And Scotty just seemingly had no choice of the portrayal of Scotty Pippen. I, I do not like man, and I, I don't like how they just yeah. And what and, uh, they, uh, and all the players. No! Uh, oh shit! Say it again. Say something else. Oh, say something else. Say something else, nigga. Yeah, they said the players um, they feel like they got they got played, you know, because when the the producers and the directors of the last dance approached them about it they had told them like yo we want you to come on this documentary it's about your guys's team and you know being a dynasty and everything that went with it and once they watched the documentary they were like nah this this is not the way they explained the documentary was going to be like they thought it was all going to be about the team and i get it jordan's the best player arguably the greatest player ever, but so there is going to always be more attention towards him, but um, they felt like all the, all the, all pretty much everybody that was involved in it felt like, you know, they kind of got played, you know, and so the the number one guy was Scotty, you know, Scotty just is mad about it and all that. And, uh, um, as the rest of the team, they all seem to be kind of pissed Scott Burrell and other dudes. That got the only dude to me that got some shine, um, her to me. You know, that's the only dude who looked good in, yeah. in, 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 in the sights of Michael. Except for he got punched in the face, you know, and kind of, yeah, you know, he but, bombed first. He bombed first. Yeah, they yeah. let you know that Steve took off. Yeah. You know? But Mike, you know, Mike having the creative handle of this thing, let everybody know. That's all right. Don't worry about what the fuck I be doing. Let everybody fucking know. No. Um, but one dude, man, and let's get into this. Speaking of the beefs, one dude that took high exception to all the slander going down in the in the last dance finale and just the last dance itself as a documentary, Horse Grant. Now, Horse Grant would have some obvious reasons to have exception to Michael Jordan. Uh, one, being all the hazing. You know, Horace Grant came on as a as a young player and has, as legend would have it, and as Mike even let us see, you know, the hazing was real. Now, Horace Grant was there for, I believe, the first three championships, but got shipped off in, in his prime uh, due to alleged allegedly being associated with the Jordan Rules book, 
And also, Michael just said, at times, he was soft. So, Horace Grant got some reasons to be bitter. You know, he definitely got some reasons to be bitter. He probably feels he should have been there for all six of those rings. Uh, Horace Grant, Dennis Rodman, Horace Grant, Dennis Rodman. I mean, they, they have some a uh, bit of a differing skill set, but Horace Grant was definitely formidable in those days. Absolutely formidable. I believe played close to 20 seasons in the league and actually went off to get another ring with the Lakers. So um, Horace Grant, definitely formidable. Definitely has some reasons to not like MJ. And uh, on a recent interview, Horace Grant really let it know, let it be known that it's smoke. And if MJ want to handle it how he want to handle it or whatever it be, Horace Grant is mad. And I mean, he's mad, mad. Let's play Horace Grant's interview here recently. Horace Grant came out strong today in the last dance. I mean, he was one, you know, Scottie Pippen doesn't look the greatest. Isaiah Thomas obviously took some arrows early. Jerry Krause uh, and Horace Grant, you know, MJ said he was the main source for Sam Smith's book, The, the Jordan Rules. And uh, ESPN Chicago had Horace Grant on radio today, and here's where Horace went. He went off. Here he is. As I, I stated to everybody, that is a, a downright, outright, completely lie. Lie, lie, lie. And as I stated, if MJ had a grudge with me, let's settle it like, man, let's talk about it, or we can settle, settle it another way. I have never seen, quote, unquote, a number two guy as decorated as Scottie Pippen portrayed so badly in terms of the migraine, in terms of the 1.6 or 7 seconds, selfish. I, I have never seen this in all of my life. When that so-called documentary is, is about one person, basically, and he has the last word on what's going to be put out there, it's not a documentary. It's his narrative of what happened in the last quote-unquote dance. He said, I was a snitch. But yet and still, after 30 or 35 years, he brings up his rookie year going into uh, one of his teammates' room and saying coke and weed and women. My point is, why in the hell did he want to bring that up? What's that got to do with anything? If you want to call somebody a snitch, that's a damn snitch right there. 90% of it was, I don't know if I can say it on air, but BS. It wasn't real because a lot of things that he said to uh, some of his teammates, his teammates went back at it, but all of that was kind of edited out of the documentary, if you want to call it a documentary. It's only a grudge, man. I'm telling you, it was only a grudge. And I think he proved that during this so-called documentary when if you say something about him, he's going to cut you off. He's going to try to destroy your character. Charles Barkley, they've been friends for over 20, 30 years, and he said something about Michael's um, management with the Charlotte Bobcats or the Charlotte Hornets. And then they haven't spoken since then. Free smoke, free smoke, ay. Free smoke, free smoke, ay. Free smoke, free smoke, ay. Hey, horse don't like that shit, man. Um, sorry, man. What, what, what you think about old horse now? What you think about the horse got to say? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, he basically said that what what I said earlier about how, and from the jump where, once I found out that, uh, um, you know, that Michael and his team were involved with, with the, the last dance, it's not really a documentary because of the meaning of a documentary is a factual record of events, you know, and 
when you bring somebody that is involved in it and make them having creative control over it, it's only going to be his version of events, you know? And, and you can, and, and then even like a Horace Grant had said earlier that there was other parts in the, in the last dance that they recorded of him that never made the last dance, you know? Um, so that means Jordan, his team, whatever, saw it and said, nah, we're not going to put that in there, you know? And when a documentary is supposed to be done, it's an outside person that is essentially bringing everybody that was involved with it together to factually tell the story, but they don't have any, you know, horses in the race. They're just essentially, um, you know, just trying to essentially get to the bottom of it. Like, like OJ made in America, the guy that directed that, he had no history with OJ, OJ's family, any of them, you know what I mean? That's a real documentary. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, so I knew once I heard that, I knew that it was there was going to be spots in it where it's going to look make Michael look a certain way or they're not going to touch on certain things that, you know, you would think people would bring it up. Like, you notice how they show his they show his kids, but they never talk about his wife, his ex-wife and all that. And the. You know, divorce and all that. There's no Juanita in there. No Juanita. You know, so just you know, just saying. But, um, but Horace, you know, man, I'm just gonna just be real about it, man. To me, he lost his. I feel him on a lot of his points, but man, you're talking about how this guy said, you know, you can't eat because you played like shit and all that, but. Come to find out from everything I've heard and read, that horse didn't eat. So you got punked. You know? You can act like, oh, I got up and was about to get at MJ, but it doesn't matter. You ended up not yeah. eating. You we got gonna get to it. So, we gonna get know? to it. We're gonna get to it. So look, um <clears throat> Horace is mad, man. And like Simon said, like, <laughs> hey, he said, take it to the streets, man. They're both over fifty years old. <laughs> But Horace is ready to take it to the streets. He's Horace said we can handle it some other kind of way. So Horace is mad. So you must really be mad, mad, and for what? Why you mad, mad for? What the fuck is mad, mad? You mad, mad. You must really be mad, mad if you calling me by my name, name. Yo, shut the fuck up. Calling me Steven. No bay, no boo, no butter. My name, name. Literate. My name, name. Yeah. All right. I didn't know you wanted me to do it, do it. If you said, yo, just do it, do it, I would have did it right then and there. I'm going to just do it. I'm just not going to do it, do it. Shut the fuck up, up. How about that? You like that? That sounds like this was going to get you to shut up? Up, up. Shut the fuck up, up. Fucking dickhead, dickhead. Stupid bitch, bitch. That's what you want? Nah, but you really mad, man. Horse Grand is mad, man. And, um, you know, maybe rightfully so. But, uh, you know, that was the odd couple. Shout out to the odd couple. That's Rob Parker and Chris Broussard. And here's what uh, here's what my man um here's what my man Rob Parker has to say about Horace Grant. Did I go first? Yes, you can go first. Horace Grant, sit down. <laughs> 
please sit down. I hate to break it to you. Nobody cares about the rest of the players. Michael Jordan crushed LeBron, crushed the whole idea that he is the GOAT, whether people like it or not or how he did it. He did. Look at the polls of what happened after this was all put out there. Michael said he wasn't going to look good even prior to this because he knew what was in it. Nobody turned away. Nobody went and said, boo-hoo. He, how did he make Scottie Pippen look bad? Those were facts. Somebody helped Sam Smith. Somebody, Horace Grant. Stop it. Yeah, man. And, and, and one thing that's, that's notable here, Horace Grant was not very visible in that documentary. They put a lot of emphasis on Dennis being a part of that second three-peat, but none on four, on Horace Grant being a part of the first part. So Horace Grant has some reason to be mad. And like my man Syme alluded to, maybe this goes back to an old allegation that had came back. There was something that came back about, uh, you know, it was after a game. Now, look, man, one, one of the resonating uh, conversations that's been coming out of this documentary is, is Michael a bully or not? Now you ask me, me and Michael would have caught a fade. Straight up. Straight up. Like, there is no way around. I'm not, I'm, I don't give a damn where you stand on that team. You're not going to talk to me like that. To this you know, day. You're not going to talk to me like no little boy. Michael. To this day. I don't give a shit. So, if I'm one of them dudes, like, I've been on teams where dudes were bullies, and me and that dude had words. You know what I mean? So one of the things that's come out in this, one of the topics of conversation has been, is Michael a bully? Michael punched uh, Steve Kerr. He punched Bill Winnington. Now, others have come out and said, you know, Michael knows who to punch. But Michael was, you know, Told y'all. Told y'all. Y'all want some? Beat him down, beat you down. Who else wants some? Who else wants some of the table? Who else? it up! Michael, big bully on the block. But um, why was why is Horace so mad, man? Why is Horace so mad? You know, Horace is is seeming to be in his feelings almost. Like you know, why? So you must really be mad, mad, and for what? Why you mad, mad? You know, why are you so mad, Horse? So let's get some backdrop on why Horse might be so goddamn mad. A story came out. Sam Smith told it on the radio a few days ago or maybe last week. And then Horace admitted today it was true. They were on the plane uh, from a game. And, you know, they eat on the plane, Rob. You know that. They're charter right. planes. And Jordan had apparently told the stewardesses or whatever you want to call them, Flight don't attendant. give Horace, yeah, don't, well, you know, it was a chartered flight, but, you know, don't give Horace any food because he played like crap. And Horace admits that that was true. And Horace said, you know, I went back at MJ and I, I said, you know, my piece and he didn't move and, you know, all that. And I'm like, but, but apparently Horace didn't eat. And I'm going to say this to all of the people on that plane. That 
is a shame. Horace Grant, number one, should have stood up and said, oh, I'm eating. You ain't got to fight on the, ain't nobody going to fight on the plane, most likely. Uh, it's happened a few times, but I, I, you go up there, you get your food. If the stewardess won't give it to you, you get your food. You walk by Jordan with the food in your hand. Let me tell you something. And if it's take the Phil food, Jackson, I take Phil, the food and spill it in, in, in Michael Jordan's lap and tell how you going to stop me from eating. You are yeah, my mama. Somebody should, yeah, a coach, Moore should have stood up himself. But Phil Jackson should have said something. The other players should have said something. The stewardess should have been stop like. a man from eating, right. But my point is, Horace, you talking bad right now. Why didn't you get some food? Like you said, whether you're going to eat it, walk by him, like I said, or you're going to dump it in his face or whatever, you should eat. And Jordan was wrong for that. You, you can say it jokingly, but the dude should be able to eat. But I don't care how good you are, right? He's the GOAT. We all know it. Ain't nobody that good. Exactly. Ain't Where nobody. Phil Jackson. Nobody. I'm, and I'm going to be honest. And I'm not saying I'm No horse. You're the sucker for not eating. Bro. <laughs> You're the sucker for not eating, bro. That's exactly what I was saying. I was saying, I'm yeah. like, you know, because the, the way that the story was portrayed to me at first, I thought it was a situation. MJ said it, whether it was serious or half kidding. And then Horace took it a certain type of way, stepped to him, but then ate later, right? Then come to find out that he didn't eat. I'm like, what? You just, you just I'm like, you just embarrassed, JP. You know, he embarrassed that it came out. It's one of those situations where he got he made to look like he made to look like a punk, and then now it got put out there. Think about that's 30 years ago or close to it, right? So he's thinking about it like he's thinking about it more so like, oh, that was a time I got punked or checked, but that was way in the past. So he's thinking. That shit's not going to get dug back up, you know? But then it did. He fell in stupid. <laughs> and then another thing and, and then another thing is this. The the part uh the part that um Michael did about the, the book saying that Horace is one of the sources, he's essentially saying Horace was a snitch. So that's two things that came out. So Horace is looking, you know, bad, you know, whether it's true or not, you know, whether people are going to believe whatever they want. You know, he either was the source or he wasn't. But a lot of people, especially people that are big-time Michael Jordan fans, they're just going to be like, oh, Michael said he was the source, so I'm going to believe it. But we don't know, you know? And But, like, uh, what, he's, um, what he did was essentially call Horace a snitch because what's in the locker room is supposed to stay in the locker room, you know? There's a, there's a player code and all that. And so, but then the, the part, and that was the part I was going to get to, before you started saying we're going to get into it, which was when I heard that, it made me lose respect for the whole Chicago Chicago Bulls organization from top to bottom, that they allowed Michael to punk Horace Grant like that. You know? That's where the coach steps in. That's where the GM steps in. That's when Scotty or somebody steps in and says, nah, man. Yeah, you're just tripping right now. Okay, he played bad, but no, he's going to eat, you know? But the fact that they allowed Michael to just be like that, it just made me lose a lot of respect for everybody, period, you know? 
Now, I, I ain't lost no respect for everybody now. I mean, th- that that happens on team, especially, especially with that amount of tenure. I mean, dude, you know, with that, I, I think when you're in year seven with pretty much the same cast of guys, you know, it, they start to police themselves. I think it's a natural progression with that amount of tenure. And, yes, I, I could agree that, you know, uh, others should have stepped in. Definitely, definitely. I'm saying, so that doesn't make you look at Phil a certain type of way? Like, Phil, you didn't step in and say, like, look, Horace, I like, mean, I mean, like, Michael, Horace is going to eat, man. Like, I don't know what you're but trying to do here. At a certain point, if you're the overseer, now, Phil's the full overseer, looking at it from an overseer standpoint, you need to let, they, they your pack of dogs at some certain sense. Um, you need to let let the let the lead dog do what a lead dog need to do to get the pack. Now you got you got to manage him some, but you you need to let the general be the general. You know, and I mean there is a part of that that has to happen too. You know, um, Papa. Yeah, you do uh, that on the basketball court. You do that on the practice court. You don't do it in the plane after a game when a guy wants to eat. Come on, dude. He's a grown man. Grown men need to be. Grown men need to be eating, bro. You know, hey, like I agree, I agree, and I think that's what's what's in um my man uh, Horace Grant's crawl so much is that he got punked and never wanted that to to to, to come to surface ever again, and and you know he's just pissed at it being brought. No, I, I, oh shit, say it again, say something else. Oh, say something else, say something else, nigga. Yeah, and Horace, he's obviously mad. So you must really be mad, mad, and for what? Why you mad, mad for? Yeah, I don't know why he's mad. He mad. got checked, man. He got checked. Yeah. And it's a, uh, it's a dang shame that um, you know, that, that it was going down like that. I don't necessarily agree with it, but it was going down like that. It might, to me, deserves his Devo coma. Told y'all. Told y'all, y'all want some? Beat him down, beat you down. Who else wants some? Who else wants some of the D-Ball? Who else? Rick, get up! Yeah, Mike D-Ball on the block like a motherfucker, man. I swear. According to Charles, you know, Charles said, you know, Mike, you know, Mike has selective prosecution where he knew who he could, uh, he could do that to because he said, you know, he couldn't just do all that stuff to any type of player. Some player would have beat him down, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, so that tells me whether on the court or off the court, he saw some weaknesses in Horace and, and felt like he could do that and get away with it. You know what I mean? And, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's sad because it's like, like you said, it came out 20-plus years later. And he's feeling dumb, and now he want to act like he want to fight Michael and stuff. It's like, no, you're supposed to fight Michael then. You know? <laughs> That's why I'm a proponent of, man. Every every man out here listening under the sound of my voice, um, take your fades when they when they have to be taken. Look, man, you got to sleep at night. And one thing I've learned, one time in my life, life um, I missed my opportunity to catch a fade with a cat who disrespected me. And boy, I couldn't sleep. And it just needed, it just yanked at me. We know it, I said, never will again, where I let a nigga slide, because I need to sleep. 
So this is the problem with Horace Brand. He let that old shit slide, and now that he's been rehashed, he's just, you know, out of pocket and out of character and for another 50-year-old thing. And it's in a damn shame. But um, it is what it is, man. And I don't but care my, how great a player is, you know, like, that don't mean he can fight. That don't mean he's your daddy or anything. you got to yeah. show some a certain respect to him. And, you know, with the NBA, there's a lot of transactions. So, you know, you can be up and out of there anyway. So, you know, you could be on another team the next year because of they want to move on from you or that. But your self-respect and your dignity and and all that is, yeah. you know, is, is precious, man. And it's like, you know, the fact that he just – allowed that to happen, it's like, because, you know, he, he, you know, I'm pretty sure if that was anybody else, he probably would have fought him, you know, but he probably looked at him because he was MJ, it's like, man, fuck that shit, I don't give a fuck, MJ, uh, anybody, you know, anybody, Tom Brady, any great, it don't matter, man, when you, when you start crossing the line like that, like you said, you got to catch that face. Yeah, yeah, All I absolutely. have in this world is my balls and my word, and I don't break them for no one, do you understand? Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, man. Uh, let's move on, man. Let's get right into this last topic. Dak Prescott. Uh, seems to have been in the news for the last couple of years, actually. Uh, I think the question surrounding Dak Prescott franchise, you know, well, let's not say franchise quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, but has been since the Tony Romo age, the, the, the constant um, at the quarterback position for the Dallas Cowboys. The question with Dak, man, he's one, uh, he's, he's a bit of a puzzle here. Because I think the question surrounding Dak has always been, is he that guy guy? Since we're using double words today, right, man? Is Dak is that, that guy guy? And I don't know if anybody knows that or not. I think we've all been on the fence for years now. And Dak hasn't given anyone that undoubtable certainty in that regard. Now, the numbers. I think that the numbers reflect that he's definitely serviceable, but that's not the question. When you hit your wagon, when you hit your wagon to a quarterback and you pay him absorbently for five, for four to plus years, uh, the, the contract that Russell Wilson just received, making him the highest-paid quarterback ever in the NFL. But that's only temporary because the next guy like Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson will top that. And Dak could potentially top Russell Wilson. As the, as the salary cap increases yearly, the salary for quarterbacks increases also. So foreseeably, you know, in the next five years, they forecast a, a quarterback – Top paid quarterback will be getting paid over forty five million per year. That court, that Prescott, 
has a $36 million per year allegedly on the table that he's turning down. What's the market value for Dak? We don't know that because the, the Cowboys have continued to franchise tag him. So we never got to see what Dak's tag is on the market. We don't know what the the other teams would be offering. And now you have the, the, the Cowboys because they decided to tag him bidding against themselves. And you never want to do that in business. You don't want to set the rate. You don't want to set the market and also bid against yourself. So it's come back to bite them in the foot to some degree. But the question still remains, man, is that is that that guy guy sign? Like, dude, I truly don't know. All the numbers suggest that this is a guy you pay. I test, he passes it. To, you know, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not jumping off the screen. They say it's the intangibles. Maybe it's his X factor, quote unquote. But is that to you, Simon? Is that that guy, guy? No, he's not. I mean, and not, at least not yet. I mean, if I had to judge him, um, I would say he's an above-average quarterback at best. Uh, you know, uh, I just, I mean, his numbers, you know, they look pretty good. Um, I, I personally think he, his best season was his rookie season. I thought that was when he was his be- at his best as far as effectiveness, as far as making throws at certain times that were needed, big games and all that. And so, and then ever since, I think he's just, you know, his numbers have gotten better. But, you know, they're not winning a whole lot more. You know, so missing the playoffs, you know, this like this year, this year was a really a big red a red flag for me because the two most depleted teams injury wise were Seattle and uh Philadelphia and Philadelphia was even more depleted than Seattle and they couldn't win the division against that team. And that just tells me like you want to be the highest paid quarterback above Russell and Russell's the highest paid at the moment. Um, and, you know, you can't even win a division against a depleted team. And so uh, on that end, it's like that's how I feel as, as for him as a quarterback. But for him specifically, I love what he's doing. You know, the Cowboys played with fire. They just thought – they probably thought he was going to take whatever contract that they gave him. And Dak understands the market. He understands how the market keeps growing. So he's like, y'all let me get all the way. You guys made me play play my whole contract out. All right, you're going to have to pay me for this, you know? And um, I like it, you know what I mean? Uh, I The way that they signed Andy Dalton tells me that uh, they're, you know, they're – they're going to essentially play hardball as far as they're not going to go above what whatever their numbers are that they want to pay him. And if Dak doesn't want to take it, they're going to, you know, keep the tag on him and maybe go through this year with him. But I also think that, that it probably tells us that it's the beginning of the end of Dak in Dallas. And that's a shame because Dak, you know, um, you know, you just don't see quarterbacks treated this way. It's like, 
The only other guy you saw treated this way was Kirk Cousins, you know? Like, they paid Zeke. They paid, uh, what's his name, Demarcus Lawrence. But then now they're holding off on paying the quarterback. It's like they're doing it backwards, you know? So that tells me that they never really believed in Dak because you usually you pay the quarterback and then you franchise tag the other top player, you know, or players on your team at other yeah. positions. The quarterback's the one you take care of. The fact that they took care of Zeke, they took care um, of uh, Demarcus Lawrence, who's a DN, but then they're not paying Dak just tells me they just don't think he's that guy, you know? But, you know, they still don't – they don't want to lose him for nothing, so I get them hitting him with the tag. But, yeah, man, I just think that uh, – I just think that we're not going to see Dak, man, um, in Dallas for the rest of his career. You know, I, I think we may see him for the next two years or something, but I just don't think this is a, a marriage that is going to last for a long time. I think um, it is obvious. The writing is on the wall. Andy Dalton being uh, picked up is them saying, look, man, we have a a serviceable guy. We're willing to go with. We'll pay you well, but we won't pay you for. uh, I think what Dak is is going for is the foreseeable future. Uh, He wants to be played as inflation goes up, as the, you know, the, the Cowboys want to give him 36 flat straight. They'll say, hey, Dak, yeah. We'll make you the highest quarter paid quarterback in NFL history right now today. But in the next five years, quarterbacks will be making upwards to $48 million. And they don't want to – Dak wants his salary to progressively go up. And the Cowboys trying to give him a flat rate. They've held him out. They've, they've said, Dak, you got to prove it to us. And Dak's coming out and said, hey, um, you want to roll the dice? But the Cowboys, you know, I think the, the writing that's on the wall is that that. Whoa, 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 regular, regular, regular. And it's unfortunate, man. It's like you don't see this all the time. But uh, let's get a little commentary on it, man. We got a, some, let's get a little Shannon Sharp. Then we'll get some skip on this. Let's get Shannon. Chris Sims is now reporting that if Dak were to sign for five years, he wants to get paid $45 million for that fifth season. Forty-five million, Shannon. Should Jerry Jones give him what he wants? Skip, Jerry has no one to blame. The Cowboys have no one to blame for this predicament except the Cowboys because they let Dak get to the end of his contract. Not only to the end, I'm talking about to the punctuation, the end. If you look at it, everybody's like, well, look at Carson Wentz, look at Jerry Goff. Remember now, they signed going into their fourth year, and they had the fifth-year option. They let Dak get to the complete end of his contract. So, Skip, he does not have a fifth-year option. And everybody realizes is that when you, Skip, when you do a contract extension, you give up something because you gain long-term security. What, what, did, Dak have, what did Dak give up? They made Dak play that contract out. They made Dak run the risk of injury. And so Dak says, I'm unwilling to give you a deal that would that Carson Wentz and, and uh, Jerry Goff gave his team because they came to them with years left on their contract. You made me play this out. Skip, the cap has gone up roughly about $10 million every year. This year it was 198.2. So basically in five years from now, you're looking at a quarter of a billion dollars for the cap. Now, five years ago, 
The highest-paid quarterback in the NFL was Aaron Rodgers at $22 million. Today, currently, is Russell Wilson at $35 million. So if you take, say, Russell Wilson's contract right now, <laughs> Skip, and you say it's $35 million, in five years, that's going to be $48 million. So Dak can say, if you want that fifth year, you're going to have to make it, re- you're going to have to make it right for me. See, Jerry, Jerry wants to control it. Jerry wants, okay, let me pay you this, which is less, really less than market value. Let me give you guaranteed, which is less than what a free agent should get. And let me give you less fully guaranteed. Skip, you remember, what, three years ago, uh, First Cousins got $84 million fully guaranteed. Well, he did two years of that deal. They went back, redid it. So now when it's all said and done, he's about to have five years fully guaranteed money. Jerry wants Dak, after going through what he went through, to give him a deal comparable to what Golf and Wentz gave their team when he made him play this out, Skip? If I'm Dak, Dak says, look, if you want the fifth year, this is what it's going to cost you. If you don't want to do the fifth year, which is totally your option, do the four-year deal. But Dak is not going to make any concessions, Skip. And I've, I've been reading Twitter and reading these inbox. Well, they should let Dak test the free agent market. That's a novel way to think right now, considering everybody's had their draft, everybody's set their roster. If you really wanted to know what Dak was worth, you should not have put the tag on him. Let him become an unrestricted free agent, then and only then. You could have saw what Dak's worth was, and you could have either matched it or you could have let it go. But you didn't do that. And so now you feel you've backed him in a corner because you have Andy Dalton, and there's nowhere else for him to go. But Dak, in order to, to see this thing through, he's going to have to stand pat. And the coldest part about all this is a reoccurring theme. We've talked about Lamar. We've talked about Cam. We've talked about Jameis. And, a, and here's a, a lighter skin, brother, and we got to throw him in the pot with the rest of them. Uh, do you think you uh, improved people that you were throwing the ball to? Probably not, but <laughs> not bad for a running back. Man, sign. Is, is it just a case of Dak not being bad for a running back again? Uh, man, I mean, maybe, man, maybe on this one because I think the quarterback contract, the way they, they structure them where the next guy up, no matter how good he is, what he's accomplished, whatever, he gets the next highest pace. I think that shit's crazy, personally, you know? But that's just how it goes, you know? It is what it is. You got to – that's just the – you know, it's a hard pill to swallow because I feel like only certain guys should be – paid like that, I think it should be like like right now, to me, the two best quarterbacks in the league are Russell and Mahomes. Mahomes ain't hasn't been up for his new contract yet, so to me, it should be like Russell and Aaron Rodgers should be like the two guys that make the most, and everybody else makes less. You know? But if you're somebody coming up that is better than those guys, or are on par... Then you can you can you can set the market again. The problem with the quarterback shit is like the just the the guy that's just next up gets the contract no matter what. You know, like Jimmy G yeah. at one point was highest paid and hadn't even been a starter yet. You know. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think they all got. Some, yeah. You know, but they all got paid that. though, and that's the thing. They yeah. all got paid still, even though I think the market is crazy. But then you don't pay. 
the fact Dallas is not down to do it where you're just like, well, you know, these guys got paid. I mean, Carson Wentz, you could, I mean, you could argue if you could, you could say, oh, I think Carson Wentz is better than Dak, right? But he hasn't shown it on the field, really, because he's always hurt. You know, the year they won the Super Bowl, he wasn't even, you know, the the, the quarterback that that won it. So it's like, and then Goff, Goff made a Goff made a Super Bowl, but in reality, he needs to he should give uh, Todd Gurley ten percent of his contract because he looks totally different now. Now that Todd Gurley started declining because of his knee, you know. So really, like these guys haven't done more. You know, they haven't yeah. done more, but they got their money when time came. But it's like, now you don't want to pay uh, Dak, you know? And that's the question. And I think that's where a lot of the argument lies. And those guys, like Shannon touched on, they didn't have to wait till the all the way end of your rookie contract. Like, they made Dak play two years more, two full NFL seasons. This man could have sustained career. And an injury and never got paid. Never got paid. Wouldn't have had no real license. Wouldn't have had no real medical insurance. Jerk off, Carson Wentz, no problem. Here you go. But uh, you know, along with Jameis. One thing I have thought about uh, is is uh, this is me being a little conspiracy. You know, is are the Cowboys waiting on? Because right now teams are not eligible to get physicals. You know, to like a free agent, you know, because of the whole corona and all that. They don't want teams doing that. One thing that I've been thinking about is, is the Cowboys waiting until they're allowed to give a physical to Cam so they maybe sign Cam, you know, because a healthy Cam is, you know, is more accomplished and is a better quarterback than that, you know. So maybe they maybe it wasn't something that they were thinking about at first, but then all of a sudden Cam gets released, which surprised everybody. And now they're looking at it like we could probably get Cam less we could probably get Cam for less than Dak is asking for. And when healthy, he's a better quarterback than Dak. You know? I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it, but man, poor Dak, uh, along with Jameis, along with um Cam. Could be finding a job, and along with all the rest of the brothers in the league, and even Deshaun. I'm sure when his time comes, the narrative will apply. Uh, I think you uh, include people that you were throwing the ball. To Probably not, but <laughs> not bad for a running back. It's unfortunate, man. And uh, like Simon touched on, man, you know, usually you don't see the quarterback be a franchise tag, and a a running back getting overpaid. And getting a fat contract with all the advances, but you know, this is this is big dog Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones do what the fuck he want to do, man. So what's the That's all right. Don't worry about what the fuck I be doing. But one of Skip's biggest supporters, I mean, one of Dak's biggest supporters, Skip Bayless, who has been trumpeting the horn for Dak Prescott all of these years, the warrior mentality and. Just all these fucking hyperbolic uh, monikers attaching to Dak Prescott, him having the X factor, um, him having that it, that it to him, him being the leader. Just all the monikers, all the shit applies, right? And Skip, 
Now the DAC is turning down money. I seen the turn cold. Let's get a little bit. Dak Prescott didn't even make the NFL's top 100 players voted on by the players. And guess what my partner Shannon Sharp said the next day after that broke? He said, hooray for those players. He's not a top 100 player. Aha. So he's not top 100. Wait, 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 wait. His team went eight and eight. He had some really bad games down the stretch, especially at New England and at Philadelphia. He did not make the Pro Bowl. And all of a sudden, you're talking about 40s and all the way up to maybe 48 million. It's out of bounds. It's outrageous. It's out of line. It's what is holding up this deal. It's just completely unrealistic for a quarterback I love. But I can't say that he should be paid far more than Patrick Holmes is even thinking of asking for. Go ahead. I don't like that shit. For sure, bro. I don't like that shit. Man, Skip needs to stop that shit talking about that man pocket. Because, you know, people... Yeah, counting another man's money. Yeah. You know, people be listening to this shit, and that shit is drawing huge narratives and and topics of conversation, and people's just ideology a lot of times based around what the fuck they talking about on TV. So Skip needs to stop, because he was one of the biggest proponents of Dak Prescott, and now that Dak Prescott is saying, you know what, fuck y'all, I'm not giving no discounts because y'all didn't show me no love every time I say hike. My career is on the line, essentially. So, um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking with Dak, man, and I'm hoping the best day, for Dak in this other shit. To this day, to this day. So, sure. uh, but yeah, though, sign, man. That's that's all the topics I got, my brother. Anything you wanna throw out there before we go in and wrap it up and get to this Memorial Day weekend, get to this barbecue and this drink and all that. No, nah, man, just hope, you know, everybody, you know, have a good little Memorial Day weekend, you know, hopefully they can, you know, get with, you know, as many people as they can, but, you know, keep a little bit of social distancing still, you know, get some barbecue yeah, going, cool. some drink going, like you said, uh, you know, another, you know, only thing I can really say is, uh, you know, uh, the NBA, I think is coming back, man. I think it's coming back uh-huh. in July and, you know, we'll see how it is. We'll see how it plays out. You know, they're talking about Disney World and having multiple courts and no fans and all that. You know, it's better than nothing. You know, me personally, you know, this is not me being a hater because I'm saying I believe this no matter what team. Me personally, if they go through with this season and they crown a champion, I don't care what team it is, to me they're a fake champion. That's just me, but, but, hey, I'll take basketball over no basketball, you know, but I just look at, like, you know, we're going to be talking about teams that are higher seeds, but they're not going to have a home court advantage and this and that, you know what I mean? And then taking three, yeah. over three months off, and then all of a sudden, you, you ramp it back up, and then you're playing basketball again, and you're playing inside of Disney World. And all that, but I get it. They got to make their money. They got to, you know, they got to get back to work some way somehow. But 
just I remember some people in the past saying believing that, you know, the ninety nine season was an asterisk and and some people have even said the year uh LeBron's first year when they only played sixty six games. Some people call that an asterisk. And I'm just like, if y'all calling that an asterisk where all the teams still played the same amount of games, team still was able to play in their in their hometowns, sleep in their own beds and all that. If you're calling that an asterisk because they played less games, to me, this is a super asterisk, you know? And yeah. I just feel like this is going to have a chance of um, potentially crowning a champion that in reality, like if all the situations would have been the same and they never stopped play and then, you know, the playoffs would have started and everything, that they would have never even been a, a discussion or a chance that they would have been in the finals or winning the championship. I think there's a potential of that because one thing to consider is uh, is not everybody is LeBron, whether it comes with the money and the access to things, you know, to stay in shape. I think if this season gets started in July, we are going to see a good amount of people that are out of shape, you know? And I just think that, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, I'll still take it over anything, you know, no sports, because eventually they got to – everybody got to get back to their normal lives or at least something close to it. You know, we can't sit here trapped like this forever, you know, with nothing. But I just personally believe that the season is – to me, will to me will be a fake champion. I mean, some people believe Kevin Durant is a fake champion. I think you you might have agreed with that that you think KD is a fake champion. And I'm like, well, shit, KD I'm still played 82 games. And no, I call him a fake champion. Okay, okay, maybe it wasn't you. It was somebody. I know. I know somebody. Maybe it was RC and a couple other people, other people I talked to and shit too, that believe. That you know, they just they just flat out say they think Kevin Durant's a fake champion, you know. And I'm like, okay, he went to a team that was stacked, and they were supposed to win, and they won. But still, they played the 82 like everybody else. They went on the road to their other people's home, you know, home courts and played. They came there; those teams came over to Oakland and played. Everything was normal, you know what I'm saying? They just had a stacked team, you know. This shit right here that they're trying to do ain't nothing normal about it. So. If people believe KD's a fake champion or the San Antonio Spurs were a fake champion or the Miami Heat was a fake champion, I think these guys right here are really a fake champion, whoever whoever gets crowned a champion. But that's just me. Here's mine. Here's my opinion. The 99 season, hey, Tim Duncan always gets that associated with his accolades. Same rules apply here for me. That said, I think it, uh, you know, you mentioned LeBron and his access. I don't think that's going to be LeBron's advantage here. What I think LeBron's advantage here is what LeBron's advantage has always been. Creating chemistry and cohesion, unity, leadership, that kind of leadership to where, you know, these dudes are still tapped in. Now, Kawhi ain't, ain't, ain't hitting up. He's not probably not hitting up Lou Williams just to shoot the shit on a random day. But LeBron, he, he's hitting up Caruso every now and again, a guy that far down the bench. Him and A.E. is constantly in talks, tapping in, tapping in. 
and this is where the difference in the leadership. Also, one of the biggest. And I'm, but I wasn't even talking about the leadership part. Though. I was more specifically talking monetary, where LeBron probably has a whole setup that he's had because he got the money to afford it. You know, a court, you know, a gym, all that on his own. Anyway, that's the point I'm making. You know, where oh, yeah. guys at that level that make that type of money. They're the only ones that can afford that type of stuff. So I'm not just talking about LeBron. I'm talking about like a LeBron, a Giannis, a uh, Kawhi, a Harden. You know, those guys, the, guys, the max players, the guys that make big money is what I mean. Now, that other part, you, you could be right about that. I don't know because I don't, I don't say it. I don't, you know, we, I don't have any inner knowledge of what that's going on. I'll just talk about like, like a role player, for example. They probably can't afford like, a, you know, a, a court at their place or a big time you know, state-of-the-art, world-class gym that they can work out in, you know? That's what yeah, I meant. Yeah. But, for sure, for you know, sure. but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that, that that could definitely be an advantage also where, you know, if he's getting the guys together and, and uh, they're playing or they're, you know, working out and stuff, yeah, that'll help. But but we all know, and, and I'm just, and, and, so, and also, you know, we, we know that he has an elite work ethic, you know, but not everybody has an elite work ethic. Some guys, they need to get, they need to get, um, you know, uh, somebody needs to crack the whip for them to get to work, you know? And when you're not around your coaches and all that because you're all quarantining in other locations, there may not, you know, there's not that person that's going to wake you up every morning and get you to work. So we're going to find out, man, if this season gets started like I believe it is, which is in the first week of July, I think we're going to see a, a fair share of players come back out of shape, you know? So that's Absolutely. something to, to remember. Forward to it, man. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, where the season left off, I mean, us as Laker fans, uh, we were on the high. And we have dispelled Snoop's sentiment here. Patrick Beverly, a straight dog. We need to get rid of this, man. Too many fools on our team, man. I'm going to say it and I mean it. Motherfuckers missing fucking threes in the end of the fucking game. Sorry, motherfucker. Fuck my Christmas up with this shit. Can't beat the fucking Clippers. Y'all make me sick with this shit. Man, I'm going to yeah, and that was Christmas, and that's how Laker Nation was feeling. But by the time this baby all ended, LeBron, you know, NBA bully, had went around and slapped out Giannis. Then the next day, or whatever it was, he went out and slapped out old Cornrows Kawhi and let him know, Debo told y'all, told y'all, y'all want some? Beat him down, beat you down. Who else wants some? Who else wants some of the D-Ball? Who else? Rick, get up! That's where we were. Hey, I got one thing to say about LeBron real quick. Uh, This is just my opinion, you know. You you may disagree and all that, but, um, you know, I know a lot this whole GOAT talk is always kind of always around, you know, because LeBron's playing and all that. But then it got really, really heated up when the, the last dance thing came on and all that, you know? And one thing I want to say about it is, all right, we're um, – and, you know, I'm not a person that just is all about the championships and all that, you know, because uh, if I did, if I just judged basketball off rings, I would have Bill Russell won, which I don't. I've always said it multiple times. There's three guys I believe that are above everybody else, which is Michael, uh, Kareem, LeBron, you know? And – um you know, uh, but, uh, you know, championships are something that, you know, you definitely got to consider and all that. But, you know, uh, 
Um, I understand, you know, a lot of people talk about like the longevity and all that, right? Of LeBron. That's their argument, you know, and I get it to a certain point, but, you know, at a certain point, like when you compare him to some of the guys that I mentioned, their trophy case is stacked, you know? And LeBron ain't added no trophy to his collection since 2016. And I'm not just talking about the championship, I'm talking finals MVP a defensive player of the year, a regular season MVP, all that, you know? I'm talking any type of trophy. LeBron ain't added no trophy in a while, you know? And I get people want to say, oh, well, there's one day he's going to become the all-time scoring leader. Yeah, that's a, he has a good possibility of doing that. But my point is, is that let's say LeBron becomes the all-time scoring leader in the next couple of years, right, but adds no more trophies. Okay, so now you're number one ahead of Kareem. Well, take Kareem, for example. Kareem will still have more regular season MVPs than you, um, you know, uh, more championships, also longevity, you know, and uh, won championships, you know, also with two different teams and all that, you know? So my point is that, um, like, LeBron needs to start adding if, – if, if, if I know some people believe, like you, that he still has a chance, right? become the GOAT, right? This is my thing. LeBron is, like I said, the last time he added any trophies of merit was 2016, right? So let's say he plays until 2024, 2025. From from 2016 to 2024, 2025, you know, all you did was essentially become the all-time scoring leader. To me, that's not enough. To me, you have to start adding some type of trophy because – like, yeah, you played a long time, but that means you played a long time, but was it weren't adding no trophies? You get what I'm saying, JP? Which is like, like, like a like a Michael, for example. Michael played 15 seasons, like more like 14 seasons, because that season he came back, he came back like the like 14 and a half season or something like that. However you want to put it, but in that in that 14 to 15 years, the you know the five MVPs, the six. Uh, the six finals MVPs, the six championships, a defensive player of the year. So it's like, yeah, you played longer. Yeah, you, 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 you know, passed him up on scoring and become the all-time scoring leader. But this guy played way less than you and has a, a more decorated trophy case. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. my, point, my, my, my point is like, is that like if LeBron wants to, to uh, get, you know, become, uh, you know, the greatest or arguably the goal or whatever you want. Because at the end of the day, it's all opinion. Nobody should get censored over it. I know you guys didn't like what Paul Pierce said. Do I think maybe he was trolling, maybe being disingenuous? Maybe. But based off the argument he was trying to make, which to me was a whack argument, but that's his argument. He said dynasties and this and that. Truth is, LeBron has never been on a dynasty. Whether you want to say that's a legitimate argument or not, that was Paul Pierce's argument, you know? It's all opinions at the end of the day. It's nothing to get worked up over or nothing. But my point is, is like, if LeBron goes from 2016 to the, the end of his career and adds no more trophies but just rack up stats, to me you're more like a modern-day Wilt Chamberlain than the GOAT. You know? Because yeah, – I mean, I can see it, man, and it's, and it's all how, you know, we all got our own math here. And that's, yeah, yeah. You know, no, definitely. I'm just, I, was just, I just wanted to put out my – point of view of it you know now if he starts racking up you know let's say he would have won the mvp this year 
and then maybe win a championship in the finals MVP this year also, or maybe next year or this and that. Then you start keep adding to the trophies, you know, the trophy case. But it's like when you compare them to like some of these other guys, their trophy case, you know, is just stacked, you know. And with LeBron, yeah, he got the four MVPs, he got the three finals MVPs, but you know, he like, uh, well, and then the, no, the three championships, but but there wasn't no defensive player of the years. There wasn't, you know, any of that stuff. So it's like, huh? For me personally, for me personally this is like one of them Max Kellerman, um, that old Max Kellerman analogy, right? Who would you rather be in a, in, to score around and fighting? So if, if you apply that to this case, now me personally, dog, if we talking bragging rights at the end of this, baby, and, and it's me, Kareem, and Michael sitting, sitting in the room, if I'm able to tell Kareem and Michael, well, you know I'm the all-time leader in scoring out the whole shit, so... You know, that's that. Uh, now we can talk about these rings, but just know, uh, all time and scoring in this thingy thing, it's me, but let's talk about the rest of the shit now. That's a bragging right for me. I would No, it is, no it's definitely a bragging right, but like you said about the table, right? He'd be sitting mm-hmm. at the table, and to me, like, Especially, especially Michael, because Michael got like the, he like for example, it's like when you say scoring, like an all-time scoring list. Okay, it's like if he passes uh, Kareem, he he passes Kareem. You look at it and you're like, he passed Kareem. That's a lot of points. But then when you look at it, you're like, well, he still averaged three less points per game for his career average than than Michael. Like currently, he averages he averages 27 points per game for his career. Michael averaged 30. So to me, it's like that tells me that just yeah, you just played longer. You just played well, longer. It's gonna be yeah. statistically, it's not nothing's gonna be close. So you gotta kind of start to throw that one out because it's gonna be potentially number one all time scoring. He's gonna get somewhere within five, somewhere five to one in assists, man. Rebounds, he's gonna be top ten. Like the numbers is gonna be stupid. You know, so no, I know that, but that's why I said he's like a he. If he doesn't start adding some trophies, whose numbers are stupid? Also, Wilts, right? Well, nobody got them. The reason why we don't undoubtedly, the reason why we we don't undoubtedly put him number one, is because of the trophy case. Like he was for all the, the the numbers and everything. You can read articles. You can read books. You can look it up yourself. There was a question about like. Yeah, you put up numbers, but were you really a winner like that? You know what I mean? I Did your were your numbers um, a lot of were your numbers very um, how do I say like uh, uh, empty calories in a lot of ways? Yeah, no, and, I, and uh, I I just like I, I I think there's a certain prestige. Now you know if you take it anywhere, if you take it anywhere, there's there's Certain um, there's a scale to prestigiousness. If, if that's a, there's a scale to rarity of the accolade, you know. So if there's a guy who um, leads the league in touchdowns, but there's a guy who leads the league in average per reception or or even receptions. But the more prestigious um, accolade is touchdowns. I just feel like 
for me, if I'm at that table with the legends, <laughs> I want that all-time leading scorer one, man. I want that one. If there's anyone to have, because the rings is a different discussion. That's rings. Let's, let's talk rings. But if we're talking stats, let me get that. And ask me personally. No, me no, don't. Me. Yeah, but what I mean, but the, the point I was like trying to make is like, okay, like Carl Malone is mm-hmm. on the all-time scoring list is way higher than Duncan, right? He's got two MVPs, same amount as Duncan, right? They both got two regular season MVPs, but nobody even thinks about him like as far as like he's number one power forward of all time or even close to most people that, you know, like if you rank like me, if I rank Malone, I think Malone is a, I think Malone's a top 20 player. Now if he had three well, wins, I think Tim Duncan, well, I believe Tim Duncan is a top 10 player, but like the all-time scoring list, like scoring average and on the all-time scoring list, he's higher than, uh, Duncan, but, you know, but and it's the because the rings is so great between the two. Now, if if Tim Duncan had three, I mean, if if Carl Malone had three wings and Tim had five, it's a different conversation. Oh, definitely. But, but that, that's, that's, that's back to what I'm getting. Rings. That's back to what I'm getting to about the trophies, where it's like that's the, what I mean. Is like I'm saying, if from the last time he collected trophies, right, which was 2016, if he doesn't collect no more trophies from now until the end of his career and he just goes to the highest scoring, he just becomes the highest leading scorer of all time. I think people are going to, I mean, and I think it's, it's fair in a lot of ways where it's like, yeah, you got a lot of stuff, but where were the trophies at the end of the day? Like, like, and I think what Paul Pierce, I, I kind of think I know what he was getting at, but I think he was looking at it. Like you, like you built, because I know when, when uh, in 2010, when it got announced, LeBron announced that he was going to Miami, you know, I thought it was over, you know, with that team. I thought they were going to be a dynasty. And to me, this is just me. I feel like Miami underachieved, you know. I thought Miami should have been better, you know. Like, yeah, they picked up two, but they should have at least – they should have at least three-peated, in my opinion, you know, Miami. But they didn't, and they had all the talent – uh, the talent to do it. LeBron was the best player in the league at the time, and um, to me, they were ahead of the curve at that point, where nobody else really had what they had, which was three stars. You know, Boston did, but, but those guys were declining at that point. So, I'm just saying that, like, I think that's what he was kind of getting at, which is, like, you know, you built a team and then never, you know, never like made a dynasty or whatever. And I, I'm just saying that, like, with LeBron, it's like. You you went from in a in a decade it's gonna go on we're gonna go on from a decade a past a decade from where he's gonna have Dwayne Wade to Kyrie Irving to Anthony Davis as his second best guy on his team right you gotta start collecting trophies man I'm sorry we gotta be we gotta hold him to that standard besides one sure. season where he played without Ky- besides one season where he played without Kyrie you know because Kyrie wanted out or whatever but that's some those are some great players, man. Dwayne Wade, Kyrie, and uh, Anthony Davis. You got to start collecting some trophies. It can't just be, oh, I'm just going to score a lot of points and just go up the scoring list. I mean, we need to see something. Some regular season MVPs, the finals, like something. Like, you know, like he hasn't collected nothing since 2016. We're at we're 2020 now. So you're telling me he's going to play another four or five years and LeBron's not going to pick up no trophies? And then if he, if he becomes the all-time leading scorer, 
I mean, seriously, we're going to say he's yep. the best ever? I don't know. That's, I think that's yep. a little. That's Simon's nope. math. That, that is Simon's math. And uh, makes sense. Makes sense, man. But again, I, you know, we all have the math here. But uh, that'll do it for today, guys. And um, all right, yep. get this And uh, man, Simon, thank you for stopping through. Thank you for spending your time with your boy, man. I really do appreciate it. Um, until the next time, it's been a heavy handed edition. I'm out of here. To the folks, Snoop Doggy Dogg and Dr. Dre is at the dope. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble.